Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Fellas, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even eSports if you want, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code ZABE and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, I've gone and done it. I bought a phone and I've returned a phone. Why I'm going back to the old iPhone 8 Plus instead of the new 10s Max. Notorious J.A.Y. will join us. We'll talk Lamar Jackson and how maybe NFL teams should rethink the quarterback position. All that plus Christmas dragons? Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go! Tuesday, December 18th, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. I have a sickness. Oh, I know. I've talked about this before, and I'm going to talk about it again. Today, I re-downgraded. Is that the right term? I downgraded. I backgraded. I changed my mind. I went back to an old iPhone. I went back to the iPhone 8 Plus. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Just about a month ago, I had proudly bumped myself up to the new iPhone XS Max. And I was sold on all the great new features and the better processor and the better camera and the larger screen and the facial ID and da 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 Well, turns out I need that thumb button more than you can imagine. Here's why. I use it in my car to unlock my phone when I'm driving. Because I just reach my hand down, I've got my phone mounted in a little clip that sits on my console right next to my stick shift. Uh, And I'm a, you know, my shifter. Not a stick shift, but you know, I have an automatic. And I put my thumb down on it, unlocks the phone. And this facial ID was killing me, that's number one. Number two, the big reason, is that there is a controversy and there is quite a to-do amongst photog nerds about Apple implementing so-called beauty filters on its selfie camera. What's a beauty filter? Well, it's processing by the, the algorithm. We're all slaves to the algorithm. It's processing by the computer in your phone to smooth out your skin tones and to smooth out imperfections and to give you a more beautiful look. It makes it look like you basically have pancake makeup on if you take a selfie. I noticed this and was like, what the hell? Why do I look this way? As ugly and as disgusting as I am to look at, I know what my face looks like. And I know when I see these pictures, I'm like, why does it look that way? So it's fine if you have beauty filters. And apparently they're big in certain markets, especially in Asia with teenage girls and maybe older women, they, they want that smoothing. They like that smoothing. They don't care if it looks like it puts some makeup on them. They're probably marry, wearing makeup anyway. But for a lot of us, we're like, no, I, I don't want that. So it's fine if you include it, but my God, Apple, just let us toggle it off for God's sakes. Nope, no choice. And they not only are they not letting you toggle it off, but basically they, um, they, they, don't even, they haven't even admitted that they're doing it. That's the other thing that's crazy. Uh, They're saying, well, you know, we uh, all of our photos, they use the computer to process and check for exposure. And for the most part, these cameras and these phones do an amazing job of setting exposure and shutter speed and everything else to give you good photos without even thinking about it. 
But this is just a bridge too far. So those two factors, along with a, a handful of other little things that annoyed the shit out of me, like the notch in the top. I don't, I don't like that. And you know, they say, well, it's a bigger, you know, bigger screen. It is a bigger screen, but only on the top and the bottom. When you go to watch a video, which I watch a lot of all the time, it's basically no better than your iPhone 8 Plus. And here's what I fear. This is going to be the last model of phone that Apple makes with a button. This is it. And this is likely going to be my last button or my last iPhone ever. Oh, yeah. Famous last words, Zabe. Unless somebody else makes a phone with a center button, which has a fingerprint sensor, which is all I want. I'm going to have to hang on to this phone, cling to this phone, hold on to this thing for as long as I can. Because otherwise, I, I don't I don't want to be dragged kicking and screaming into a buttonless phone world. Pat Shermer basically said Eli Manning is our starter next year. And I think he has several more great years ahead of him. This after they got shut out at home to the Tennessee Titans. As I have said before, and I'll say it again, Eli today, Eli tomorrow, Eli forever. I couldn't be happier with this development. And I love that Pat Shermer is not only doubling down, he's like tripling down. He's asking for more money from his wife. Hey, I got this great hand here. I've got 16, and the dealer only has a 9 showing. Uh, I've got it. But here's the thing, and I'll give credit to Chris Mortensen for saying this. He pointed out, look, they can say this, they can announce this. He's under contract, so they don't have to do anything for Eli one way or the other. And if they want to go up and get a quarterback, they can always go up and get a quarterback. He pointed out how the Eagles went up and got a quarterback. How the Rams went up and got a quarterback. If you're willing to pay the price, and if there's a guy you really, really like, you can move up almost entirely through the first round to go get the guy you want. Dateline New York. A federal court has said a New York ban on nunchucks is unconstitutional. A 1974 New York State ban on nunchucks that was put into place over fears that youth inspired by martial arts movies would create widespread mayhem has been deemed unconstitutional under the Second Amendment, according to a federal court. Judge Pamela Chen, oh, irony, issued her ruling on Friday in a Brooklyn federal court on the martial arts weapon made famous by Bruce Lee. What what are nunchucks for those of you? Okay, I've got all guys here listening to the Zabecast, right? I mean, maybe a couple of women. Dudes, you know what the fuck nunchucks are. They're two wooden sticks on a string. And if you know how to use them like Bruce Lee, I mean, they look they look awesome. And they create a blur of bopping you on the head if you were to get hit with them. I wouldn't want to get hit with nunchucks, but I don't know if it's necessarily that devastating of a weapon. I would say a tire iron or a crowbar, which you don't have to learn how to and do all that shit is every bit as effective, if not more so. It's heavier, that's for sure. Sharper, that's for sure. In the photo that went with this story about the nunchucks now no longer being banned, they have an array of other odd street weapons that are not guns. Like brass knuckles, like um, knives of all different sorts and descriptions, retractable batons. Uh, There is one version of brass knuckles that, okay, it looks like it looks like a kitty cat with two big eyes and little pointy ears, and then you know it's got a place for your palm. But what you do is you put two fingers through the eye holes of the kitty cat as this weapon is lying flat. The ears are sharp points, and I assume you use it kind of like brass knuckles, but it's got very sharp points that would not only dig into your skin, but absolutely bruise and tear the shit out of you, like small puncture wounds where you could use this weapon and go bop, 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 and just fuck somebody up. There's a set of brass knuckles I'm looking here that has a hook, a metal claw 
almost like the claw of a tiger on the end of it, which looks like it's a retractable blade. Holy shit. I mean, these these weapons alone are enough to give me nightmares, just looking at them with some crazy maniacs on the streets with them. But nunchucks, okay. I If those were the biggest problem back in 1974 when New York State banned them, whatever. A lot of other shit that can fuck you up, including a simple kitchen knife out there on the streets. What kind of holiday display is appropriate and what kind is not? Apparently, dragons, not cool. Diana Rowland is a woman who put out on her front lawn for the holidays a display of large inflatable dragons. Yes, there's a green one, there's a red one, there's a blue one, there's big lighted balls, and there's lights on the ground that kind of look like a fire of some sort. It has not gone over well in the neighborhood. A note was left on her door that said, Dear neighbor, your dragon display is only marginally acceptable at Halloween. It is totally inappropriate at Christmas. It makes your neighbors wonder if you're involved in a demonic cult. Please consider removing the dragons. May God bless you and help you to know the true meaning of Christmas. Okay, so that's a no. Don't like that. I'm okay with the creative Christmas displays. You ever seen the one with Santa pissing and the light string shows his little pee-pee stream? Inappropriate. There is a neighbor out in the country where I live. They've got a big oak tree that is right at the mouth of their long gravel driveway. And they have taken to putting up into the lower branches of the tree a miniature Santa sled with all kinds of shit from his sled. Uh wrecked reindeer and toy boxes and other stuff strewn all about. And it's got like Santa clinging from one of the tree limbs as if he crashed into the tree. In fact, I'll try to take a picture of that and tweet that. I look at that and I go, bravo. But you know, there's probably some mom out there who's like, my son saw that. My daughter saw that and started crying. What happened to Santa? Lighten up people. They want to get creative at Christmas as long as it's not really, really vulgar. Just go with it, okay? That is the meaning of the season. Good to know the Yankees have CC Sabathia's back when it comes to a bonus that he forfeited at the end of the long season because he was throwing at a Tampa Bay Ray to get back at a beanball that was delivered to one of his guys. Sabathia was sticking up for Austin Romine, who had been plunked earlier in the game. The $252 million pitcher, and that was his contract, 252 over 10 or something like that, uh, or he's made 252 over the course of an 18-year career, went and plunked the next guy who came to the plate and promptly got ejected from the game. He got ejected in the first inning and just two innings shy of the 155-inning threshold to earn a bonus of $500,000. Well, the Yankees have apparently decided to give CC his bonus anyway. His agent, Kyle Thousand of Rock Nation Sports. Is that his real name? Kyle Thousand. Hi, Kyle Thousand here. Uh, yeah, I, I'd rather be repped by somebody else. Well, who? Uh, Billy Millions. We thought it was a very nice gesture by the Yankees. CC was very appreciative and is really excited to come back next year and hopefully win a championship. P.S. He's going to be 350 pounds. Thank you. Goodbye. Just kidding. Neither the Yankees nor Sabathia chose to publicize the matter. GM Brian Cashman said it was something we did very private. We weren't looking to publicize, and I'll just leave it at that. CC is now 38. He agreed in November to a one-year $8 million deal for next season. He's pitched for the Yankees since 2009, going 129-80 and with a 3.74 ERA. I just wonder if he knew at the time, oh shit, I'm two innings away from a half a million dollar bonus, but my guy just got beaned, I got to stick up for him. If he knew all of that, and if he made that decision, then I got to give it up to you. And don't say he's made $252 million. It's still a half a million dollars. In, in terms of a legitimate sacrifice, that was legitimate. 
Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Fellas, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even eSports if you want, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code ZABE and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You play, you win, you get paid. Email from George Hunter, a one percenter in Scottsdale, Arizona. The future home of yours truly. George, and by the way, one percenter refers to people who are the most diehard of diehard Zabe fans in that elite 1% of those who listen to everything I put out and read everything I put out and follow me slavishly into the gates of hell. Okay, taking it too far. That said, George Hunter from Scottsdale, Arizona emails me, which you can do at zabe at yahoo.com anytime you like. He writes to say, regarding your theory, Zabe, that stadium and owner are the two most crucial things in the NFL. My exact quote, by the way, was, in the NFL, you're only as good as your stadium and as your owner. This is a corollary theory of mine to the NFL is just a television show about quarterbacks. He says, I appreciate your hot take about that, but I think you must include quarterback in the mix. Oh, I disagree, George, but I'll... I'll let you get your point out. Here in Arizona, the stadium is really good. It was the state of the art before Jerry World. Michael Bidwell has been a very good owner as opposed to Bill, who is a profiteering skinflint. He spends money on players, is a good community leader, and is a forward-thinking member of the NFL owners group. The only success, though, the Cardinals had was during the Kurt Warner Renaissance years. Yeah, there was some success early Uh, There was some success with the early Cardinal years of Carson Palmer. Otherwise, I can point to the Max Hall years. Look that shrimp up. Kevin Cobb, Derek Anderson, Drew Stanton, and dare I say Josh Rosen years as examples of bad ones. This despite a good owner and a good stadium. I think you have to include quarterback in some way in your formula. By the way, your Kaleidoscope League line And the TV show about quarterbacks are all-timers. Yes, I forgot about that. Kaleidoscope League. Keep up the great work, George Hunter, MD. One percenter, Scottsdale, Arizona. George, with all due respect, Doc. Can I call you Doc? Here's the thing. You guys went to the fucking Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. That's pretty good. And even when you are watching a little shrimp nobody like Max Hall run around and shit his pants, you're doing it in a beautiful stadium. That is not an assault on the senses. And you can rest assured that, yes, now we don't have a quarterback and we are struggling. By the way, the Carson Palmer years didn't suck either. You have to put on our shoes as Redskin fans to even consider this comparison. So anyway, my point is... Stadiums and owners are the most permanent things that shape your franchise. A good owner will hire good people who will try their best to succeed at this maddening game called build an NFL team that's any good. And it's very hard, and it's fickle, and it comes and goes. But if you've got a good owner, you can say, okay, our owner is not a shithead. He knows how to hire good people and to give them the tools and empower them to do what they need to do to try to build a good winning team. That's all I can ask for. Again, you have to live for a day in our life as Redskin fans. And as far as the stadium goes, the stadium, if it's built properly, is a 25-year experience 
if not longer. I, I, I kind of think the modern stadiums now are going to last longer than 25 years because what more can they put in them that you'd want to build a whole new one? But I may be wrong about that. Those are two things that are the most permanent things when it comes to being able to at least stomach during the downtimes your bad NFL team. The Lamar Jackson experience going on right now in Baltimore is something else. He is 5-0. I think he's 5-0. 4-1. The Lamar Jackson experience, you know, I should probably get that. Lamar Jackson game logs. Don't worry, I'm going to edit this out in post-production because I know you guys don't like it when I do this. And truth be told, it's a... It's a shitty bit of non-preparation. I should know if he's 5-0 and or 4-1. and uh, Let's see here. 4-1. and 4-1. and Okay. He was 5-0 and in the preseason. So the Lamar Jackson experience in Baltimore is interesting. Did I take that out in post-production or no? Never mind. Move on. Lamar Jackson had 18 carries for 95 yards and their win over the Buccaneers on Sunday in bad weather in Baltimore. He has now had, in the following five starts, 26, 11, 17, 14, and 18 carries. That's an average of over 17 rushing attempts per start. No other quarterback has ever averaged more than 10 rushing attempts per start over the course of a season. In fact, there have been four games this year when a quarterback ran the ball 14 or more times, all of those Lamar Jackson. Also, you have to go back to 1950, to find another quarterback, quarterback, quotes, who ran the ball as much. He was 1950 Steelers QB, Joe Jerry, who played in such a different era that he can barely be described as a quarterback at all, writes ProFootballTalk.com. He was more of a single-wing tailback who occasionally threw the football. In the five games Lamar Jackson has started, the Ravens have 234 runs and 119 passes. That is a 2-to-1 run-pass ratio, which is unheard of in today's NFL. Of course, nobody thinks this is sustainable, but I think they might be missing the point. Who cares if it's sustainable? For now, it's working. For now, it's getting the Ravens over the hump in a pinch in their season when they needed a threat badly to shake things up. What if teams started thinking about quarterbacks like this, not as, well, is he our franchise guy? Can we turn him into a pocket passer? Are we going to pay him $25 million a year? No, no, no. What if, what if NFL teams are, are going about this all wrong? What if they're thinking about it all wrong? Instead of saying, well, is he our franchise quarterback and only thinking any quarterback we take has to be our our franchise quarterback either now or in the future, take a guy like Lamar Jackson and just say, no, 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 he's my other quarterback. He's our Gumar. He's our side piece. We're going to go put him in when shit's getting bogged down and we need a little bit of a spark, a little bit of a changeup. And guess what? The starting quarterback is just going to have to fucking like it. Joe Joe Flacco, you're still getting paid way too much money, aren't you? Yes, I am. Sit there, hold the clipboard, be helpful, and shut the fuck up. Eventually, we're going to go back to you. But for now, we're seeing our side piece. In New Orleans, this Taysom Hill guy is being used like, oh, that's our other quarterback on a lot of different things. He's a great athlete, and he was a great quarterback in college. So if you put him in there, he is a threat to throw and to throw credibly, not like a running back throw where you're like, oh, I'm going to pick that shit off. He's rugged. You can run him down the goal line, zone read stuff. You don't mind if you get him beat up just a bit. You know, if every team had, well, that's our other quarterback. Yeah, he's on the roster. Yeah, we spent a second, third round pick on him. But who the fuck cares? That could be a new way of thinking about things in the NFL. And maybe the Ravens have already come to that conclusion. Or maybe not. Or maybe they're going to let Joe Flacco go in the offseason and then install Lamar Jackson and hope he doesn't break in two and hope he learns how to be a pocket passer to some degree and just cross your fingers that someday you'll be like, okay, we're ready to give him a $100 million contract. Hope it works out. For more on this, we bring in 
my man who was at ground zero of the Lamar Jackson experience, Notorious, J-A-Y. And Jay, I've got bad news for you. I have a new favorite song, and it's playing right now. You may know it as Choppa Style by Master P. It was playing during the Saints game, or in the pregame for the Saints game, and they showed a bunch of Saints players dancing in the locker room to it, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty catchy right there. I think this white guy's going to have to download that on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Hello. Oh, come on, man. You don't like Choppa style? That is garbage. What are you talking about? You, you should have known. You have no idea what type, what type of rap music or hip-hop I like. That's southern crap I hate uh, with okay. a passion. Okay, hold on a second. This was not, not about what you like. I'm it's saying this is what this middle-aged white nerd likes. Oh, my God. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I remember the episode in The Sopranos where the uh, the, 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 the hip-hop guys tried to sh- – no, I'm sorry, not that one. Where, where um, Christopher tried to make his own money with uh, this artist and Hirsch. He took him to Hirsch. Hesh. And Hirsch goes, Hesh. Right. Hesh. That's right. He goes – I can I know after a minute if a song's a hit or not. Actually, I listened to that for thirty seconds and I immediately turned it off. It was crap. <laughs> but they showed a number of Saints players dancing to it in the locker room. They they were liking it Jay. because it's it's from the south. Is that is that geographical? Is that is that is that crunk? Uh, that would that be? Yes, that is crunk music. Yes, you know there is a, there is another. Choppa style that's by somebody entirely different. I believe. I looked I'm it up. Sure. It's got to be as wonderful as this version was. Then. <laughs> okay. You know, not a fan of either. Okay. No, not a fan of either. It, no, hip hop is very geographical. If if you live on the East Coast, you tip, you pretty much like New York, stuff like that. If you're, you know, West Coast has their, it, it's very geographical. It, it's okay. It's very funny. Yeah. All right, speaking of liking things, and we'll get yes. into your Steelers and their big win against El Guapo, the Patriots, and Tommy in just a second. But um, uh, basically, uh, first of all, did I ask you, and I think this happened after I talked to you last week, we never talked Rocky Blyer, did we? We did not, he, and he liked uh, a tweet of yours. <laughs> did you see that? Yes. <laughs> Rocky Blyer, and I wish I could feed you the audio of it, but I'll just play it right now. Rocky Blyer cut the lamest diss track ever, right? Was that, was that the equivalent of a diss track? He's looking into Basically. his phone, reading, yes. reading the following about the Steelers when they lost to the Raiders the, the previous week. Here it is. Come on, Rocky Blyer, where are you? Oh, oh hold on a second. Hold on. Right, shut up, Master P. Okay. Here we go. All right, sorry, Jay. Here we go. Here's and my take on the Steelers. I'm done. I mean, they've ripped my heart out. With the talent that they have, how can they lose three out of the last four games and in a manner that they did? You know, he sounds like Charles Kuralt or Charles Osgood. He's got this very deep, very mellifluous voice. I'm Rocky he, he, Blyer, and I'm done with the Steelers. Like, oh. It was a wrestling promo. That's what he cut. A bad one. The worst yeah, bad, one ever. One. Yeah, yeah yes. like terrible. And, and, and this, you know, maybe Steeler fans don't care, but it infuriates most of the rest of the NFL and their fans who can only dream of the Steelers' enduring success. Do you remember that they made a Rocky Blyer movie? Not exactly. They, I, I'm not looking this up because you know Rocky Blyer lost his like part of his leg in Vietnam. Yeah, they made a. I want to. I want to say Bill. Con- I can't remember who played Rocky, but maybe it was uh, the guy. Who, oh, one of those '80s TV stars played Rocky Blyer, okay. and they made a Rocky Blyer movie. So he is forever. Oh, in Steeler. In, yes, yeah. fighting back 1980, the Rocky Blyer story. Who played Rocky Blyer? Uh, cast and crew. Let's see. Um, Robert. The guy played Sp- Robert. With- Robert Urich. Remember him? With, when he Spencer for hire in that Robert Urich? 
Uh, yeah, handsome guy. And there you go. Played yeah. a bunch of different TV shows. But Rocky Blyer can do no wrong in the minds of Steelers fans. So he can say him, Joe Green, Jack Lambert. They can say whatever they want. Okay. And no, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I know you being a a distraught fan of a team who's not had a winning season since, you know, Republicans were in office. Right. It's been a long time. <laughs> 91. So, my my yeah. Packer my Packer friends are like, oh, we're we have a losing season for a second year in a row, first time since 91. And I'm like, like, shut yeah. the fuck up. It's no like Yankee cares. fans talking to me. Shut up, you guys. Like I I talked to our buddy Mark Stern and he's like, oh, we won the World Series again. Oh, this is going to be so tough repeating. I'm like, shut up. I I haven't seen a World Series since I've been able to drink. Yeah. So shut up. I don't right. want to hear that. All right. So back to uh, back to so yeah. So Rocky Blyer. So I I I responded to his tweet saying yes. say, I said this is what it would sound like if Charles Carroll were to record a diss track, and he liked it. The real Rocky Blyer liked it. Now, as I said, it might have been like just to say a bookmark, like uh huh, very funny. Bald random radio host. I don't know. I'm Rocky <laughs> Blyer. Good though. I'm Rocky Blyer. I'm gonna come find you and kill you in your sleep. What's the most famous person that follows you? Shit, I haven't even looked. Okay, I just thought I just thought you might know offhand. That was just a, that was just a question. No, it's a fair question. I guess can't other people see who's following me? That's a great question. I you know, know the most famous person that follows me is Tay Diggs, but then I heard Tay Diggs follows everyone, yeah. so it's not that great. And so, how do you know it's not bot Tay Diggs? That's a great question. I, okay, <laughs> a great question. How do you know that Mason Foster's cousin was not operating Tay Diggs' account when he decided <laughs> to follow you? you? Just never exactly know. That's yeah. another controversy you and I didn't get to touch on last week. Did we? I thought we did. Oh, okay, we did? Okay. We did. Enough. No, we did talk about May. Yes, yes. Okay. So anyway, uh, Rocky Blyer liked or just wanted a bookmark and is going to come confront me someday and say, fuck you. I may sound like Charles Kuralt, but I'm a badass, and I'm a war hero, and I'm a former <laughs> NFL player, so eat it. I lost half of my leg in Nam. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, having said that, how do you feel about your Steelers win? Uh, was not home to what I did not watch one second of the game. I was not home. I was out shopping. Okay. And I, time, I know. Time out. I know. Time I swear out. To God, you, you what, are, this, you are what, going this. to get destroyed by my listeners for saying that. You here's know why. that. Okay. Go here's ahead. Why. I was so, because if you remember correctly, my saying to you was, I'm going to bet my whole 401k that they lose to the Patriots. And I was <laughs> I was disgusted about noon because I was like, I could see how did this you? game was going to go down. Did you put a sizable bet on the Patriots, minus two? I did. I don't okay. know how to bet. You know that. <laughs> I don't know how to bet. <laughs> so, so I literally, I was getting disgusted as the day because last year, they, uh, during the game, so me and the girlfriend, we were going to a Christmas party. And uh, after uh, Jesse James scored the touchdown and they reversed it, and then they they been through the pick. Uh, here's the, here's the scene at the house. So I don't say anything. I just slam the TV off, grab my keys, and we go. And halfway into the ride, the words that every man does not want to hear from a woman after a heartbreaking loss. Are you angry about the game? No fucking way. <laughs> so what do you I think I'm wanna... angry about? Now, right. no, uh, no, now I'm angry at you. So there right. you go. So I didn't want to repeat, Dave, because I knew I knew how this game was going to go. <laughs> I, at least I thought. I so thought. you went on a preemptive shopping trip opposite Just the so biggest game of yes. the year. You yes. know, Jay, that disqualifies you in a lot of people's eyes from actual fanhood. No, you know that I didn't want. I didn't want to sit here and just again watch Tom Brady throw for 400 yards against a, a Keith Butler okay. defense. All I, right. I could not subject myself but, to that once again. But what I happened? What happened in this case? Tom Brady shit the bed, and Tom Brady threw picks when he used to never throw picks, and he couldn't get it in the end zone when he usually does. And you could have been watching, doing the double fist pump, you know, no. crotch thrust, suck it. Finally, eat shit, Brady. It's your days are numbered. You're over. You're done. You're finished. You could have been all that, but you were. You, you, you think so? Because even if they meet in the playoffs in in Foxborough, he could 
rip the Steelers a new one. Okay, I, I just, sure. Yeah. So your policy is to run from big games. No, no, just for this one because I remember. <laughs> just for this one, I, I remember how distraught I was last year. I was so being I distraught. Was so the, it's Jay, part of being a fan. Jay, I know. It, this, I know. Jay, Jay, this is the I life. Know. This is the life we've chosen. <laughs> we've chosen. Okay. I know. <laughs> I couldn't do it to myself again. And it's around Christmas. You I know what? <laughs> you you should feel lucky. And again, this goes back to different experiences of fan bases that you can have a game in which you get the game day pit of your stomach anxiousness. I did. I it was remember, all day long. Yeah, I I remember what that was like, and I haven't felt that in years. It's an exquisite feeling. It's a nauseating feeling in which you wake up on a Sunday for a big playoff game, and you think my team today could win and go to the Super Bowl and be the bell of the ball to be talked about from coast to coast by everybody in America as such a wonderful, virtuous, tough, resilient football team. And and we can go, yes, yes, we're good. And then they'll play the Super Bowl and we might get turned inside out like a dirty sock like the Atlanta Falcons in Miami or some other poor hapless team. But you know what? For a week, we're going to be talked to. Two weeks. Two weeks we're going to be talked about. But we got to win this game first. And see so you feel sick. Feel sick to your I... stomach. All right, well, did you get any shopping done? Yes, I'm done. I'm finished. Oh, good. I'm done. Well, even, okay. Even got a tree. I was. It was just a wonderful day. Well, All done. And when did you find out the Stillers had won? Um. Okay. Well, I I would say I cheated. Phone so check. I got home. It was. It did was. You a, phone no, I got check home. It? Okay. No, no, no. I got home. It was about uh, two thirty left in the fourth. So I did actually. Oh, watch, so you were there to see Brady bleed out. To on watch the field. Tom Brady march down the field. By the way, he looks forty now. He sure does. He looks. He looks 40. So, well, that's actually Gronk, a compliment. Way, Gronk looks done also. Oh, Gronk is a joke at this point. I mean, yeah. great player when he but I mean, he looks like Frankenstein stitched together with duct tape and barbed wire. Is he the greatest tight end we've ever seen? No. Okay. I I have no opinion. No, I was asking. Tony Gonzalez. I heard somebody say that. Okay. When you, right. no, when no, you, no, when I, you I, say Brady no. looks 40, that's a compliment because he's actually 41. Ha, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but a big. Okay. But he but he looks like a quarterback who is done. That's All what right. I mean. Let me ask you about this Lamar Jackson experience in Baltimore because you live there. <laughs> Tell me how it's going, and I'm going to throw at you a theory, and I want your thoughts on it, but let me hear first how it is. Sports radio call on Lamar Jackson goes like this. Hey, this is Tom from Aberdeen. Uh, I think he runs too much. We got to stop. We got to stop letting him run. And he's very inaccurate. And so the next caller will say, why are you making it? No, 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 no. The next caller is Tyrone from insert, insert. Tyrone from West Baltimore will say, (laughs) I love Lamar Jackson. Uh, you guys made all the excuses for, for Joe Flacco all these years, and we're winning with this guy. Jay, it is Jay, very Jay, racially divided. Jay, yes. Can, can, I'll do the white guy voice for Tom in Aberdeen. If you do Tyrone in West Baltimore. I'm not I'm not doing Tyrone from West Baltimore. God damn no. you. You're no fun, I'm, man. I'm not playing those games. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing. Uh, you know, I'm not playing your reindeer games, Abe. Hey, hon. Look, you know, Lamar's good. <laughs> I'll give him that, but this running's around. It's going to get him killed. I mean, we can't have that. We got to have a guy back there who knows what he's looking at when it comes to throwing the football. And by the way, that was not Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's biggest attribute in a big game was big arm. I'm just going to throw it up and hope that we get a pass in advance. Like if a, you watch any Joe Flacco game, Flacco, that was his thing. Flacco's like a taller, sturdier, more unibrowed Eli Manning. A big game Ooh, hunter. A big Ooh, game hunter a with a big one. arm. You like that? Yeah. That's no, he is. No. Because he, he made a lot of dumb decisions. Like you go there were some Steeler games where like Troy Palomala would walk up to the line and you would think that you would go, let me check out of this play. But nope. Yeah. He'd run the play and get sacked. Or throw an interception. But, I don't think he's that bright of a quarterback. But like Eli, 
that that being dumb was one of his better attributes because he he never let the moment get to him. Like he was too stupid to know it was a big game or a big moment. So it didn't really affect him, I think. That's my theory on Flacco. That said, here's my theory, okay? Okay. Joe, you know, Lamar Jackson has run from more carries in five games than like any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Save for back. By the way, can't can't go on long. No, right. Can't go on long. But guess what? Here's my theory. What if the Ravens and what if NFL teams thought this way that we don't expect it to go on a long time because we're not going to marry this quarterback. This quarterback is our side piece. This is our other quarterback. And if your if your wife quarterback in this case Flacco can just put up with it, which he'll have to because he's getting paid all this money, he's not very good. Then you just roll with it, and so you see your side piece when you need your side piece, and then you say goodbye to her when you're done with her, and in and out, in and out for the next couple of years. And once you know Lamar Jackson gets broken, so you spend a first round pick. He's already, I think, been worth the late first round pick you've spent on him. I think. Um. That is good. You were you were right. But I think what they do is they jettison Flacco and they treat Lamar like the good wife until a year before his contract uh, and then they get another one. So they, in like other words him. in other words, get engaged and yeah. keep pushing back the wedding date. Yeah, and yeah, never... yeah it's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. About a, about a six months. Six baby, months. Yeah. baby, we need to rent the wedding hall. Baby, we got to get this down. I thought we were going to do it in May when your mama's going to yeah. be in town. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, when are we going to do it, honey? Yeah, soon, soon, soon. Well, Trust soon. Me. They need a deposit. <laughs> How come I get so, the feeling this is never going to happen? <laughs> but you are you are anti getting a young quarterback on a on a – Rookie deal, right? I'm not you, anti. You don't, you don't, I'm not you don't anti. Like you don't no. like that way of thought, though. No, I, listen, I'm not anti it at all. I'm saying it's a lot harder than people think. You're and, not going to get a Patrick Mahomes every time. No, no, and you have to give up multiple assets if you're moving up to go get them. The last three or four big quarterbacks taken have all been move ups. Mayfield was a move up. Trubisky was a move up. Wentz was a move up. Mahomes was a move up. Goff was a move up. That's almost the new move in the NFL is that someone's going to move up to go get him. Like teams that really like a quarterback and they're not in position to draft him aren't just going to go, well, we didn't have a chance to pick him. We'll wait. They'll go spend assets to go get him. That seems to be the new way of thinking. And we haven't had a super bust yet in the last 10 quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Jamarcus Russell. I mean, a Cade McNown. I mean, somebody who totally sucks. Well, wait, we're not counting Blaine Gabbert and were they first round picks? Uh, Gabbert was mid first. I want to say. Okay. We're not counting. I mean, Bortles, Bortles. Yeah. Bortles, Bortles is a big bust. We're not going to count Mitch Trubisky, who by the way, looks horrible to me. Hey, Mitch Trubisky is just wearing light up bear sweaters with holiday lights, and everyone's laughing, and they're like, oh, that Mitch Trubisky, he is having a far worse season than Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is being bombarded on TV with questions like, is Kirk Cousins the Vikings' biggest liability? Liability. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Nobody's saying this about all these other quarterbacks who are not nearly having as good a season as Kirk, not even saying that Kirk is great. I'm not saying he is. It's just, how do you say a guy who's second in the league in percentage a liability? It's ridiculous, I think. But whatever. It's, wait a minute. What, doesn't percentage just mean he may be throwing a lot of checkdowns? I mean, yeah, his yards per attempt is in the 20s. But it's not like he doesn't throw deep at all. Yardage-wise, total love yardage. Kirk Cousins. Listen. You love Kirk Cousins. I, no, it's not that I love him. I hate you, lazy. You no, I hate lazy okay. analysis. Okay, I, I I understand. Okay, who no, you're asked, right. Who you're the right. fuck asked the question? Is Kirk Cousins the, ca- the the Vikings' biggest liability? Liability. You know that phrase? I don't think you understand what that word <laughs> means. I don't think it means what you think it does. You're in right. the words of Enrico Montoya. Yeah, I don't think yes. you know what you think it means. <laughs> liability. Yeah. <laughs> if he was a liability, he'd be fucking benched. Of which there are quarterbacks being benched around the league all the time. Blake Bortles was benched for Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler is so bad, Jay. 
I watched every minute and every snap of that Redskin Jaguar game. The only thought was, holy shit, Blake Bortles must have been banging the entire coaching staff's girls because there's no way he could be worse than Cody Kessler. And you know what the funny part is? Cody Kessler, not the worst USC product to be put out. That goes to your guy. Mark Sanchez (laughs) is the biggest steaming pile of you-know-what. He's bad now. He's bad now, but at least he was better back in the day. Not good now. I think For, the worst. He was. I think he the was worst. Serviceable. Okay. Back in the day. Okay. He wasn't good. All right. The worst uh, USC quarterback that was highly touted didn't come out when he should have, and then fell down to the third round with the Eagles. Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. Matt Liner though too. He should have come out. Liner was bad also. as well. Liner was bad as well. But Darnold might end up being pretty good. He makes plays and makes throws. You're like, holy shit, this guy's got it. They, right, love, gotta, they, they love him in New York. All right, we got to move on. Antoine Walker, fat. <laughs> you were, you were, you sent me the picture. You were, you were delighted by that. I was in Philly at the bar after the game. I'm watching NBA TV. They go to a studio break, and I'm looking up at the screen, going, "Wait a minute, wait." And they wouldn't font him either. They didn't font who it was. But I was pretty sure I I took a picture of the screen. I sent it to Jay, and I'm like. When did Antoine Walker get so fucking fat? Well, you remember he had a bad marriage, lost all his money. His wife was on a reality show. Really? Yes. Okay. He had one of the worst marriages of all time. She, like, took half his shit. More than half his shit. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And then, so, I guess he ate everything else. And by the way, remember this guy was like one of the best scorers in the NBA? I oh. was talking scorers. I'm not saying player. I said score, oh, no. which yeah. is a lot different. Right. Yeah. He and, was heat check. Antoine Walker was famously quoted, and who knows if it's true or now urban legend. He was famously quoted when a Japanese reporter at the All-Star break asked him, why do you take so many threes? Do you know what his answer was, Jay? Because they, they're not worth four points or something like that? Is that what because it was? Because there are no fours. That's right, yeah. Now, yeah. That, that, that answer is legend. I don't know if it's true or not, but at least it's legend. Uh, so, I, yeah. So, he made $108 million in his career. And his wife cleaned him out, and then he, then he ate all of his sorrows. <laughs> right, so he ate everything else, yeah. <laughs> his wife took half, and he ate the rest. Well, he's I don't the, know. He's like the poster. Was he on the Was he on that? That, that ESPN documentary, uh, the, the how players lose their money. What was that? Broke? Is that what it was called? Might have been. I mean, you lose a okay. hundred and eight million dollars. You probably are on that. You know, at yeah. some point. You, you, he probably bought a clothing company. Ding. Hip hop label. Ding. Restaurant. Ding. Okay. There you go. All three. Uh, do you see where Alfonso Ribeiro is suing the game maker Fortnite for stealing his dance? This is the dumbest. So he's going to sue someone for stealing something which is a mockery of how white people dance. <laughs> so wait, the original and and Alfonso Ribeiro dance of uh well, and what was it from? It's where you you swing your arms kind of wildly left and right. Yes. To the Tom Jones is not unusual. Oh, yes. right. And you go up to right. You swing them from one side to the other. You make sure sure to get both hands at Chin height, right? Pause for a second. Swing him right, and swing him left, and swing him yes. right. Okay, and so th- he was making fun yes, of white people remember, dancing. I don't remember. If you remember, if you remember Eddie Murphy's Raw, and he does how white people dance. It's the same thing. Okay. So Alfonso took that. So he's going to sue Fortnite for doing something that he made fun of. <laughs> Just so that makes no sense. Well, it makes no sense until Fortnite says, maybe we should just go ahead and pay this out quietly instead of going through all the court motions for this. Hey, well, you want to sue me? Because, you know. Any, why not? Why not? Me? Sue everybody. Sue everybody. Well, he's also suing NBA 2K. Oh, really? Because they put that in yes. there as well. I, sue I, everybody. I, yeah, <laughs> I would imagine there is case law that goes over exactly whether or not you can copyright a dance move. Only if you, we knew somebody who was a lawyer. Hmm. Isn't your brother a lawyer? Food and drug lawyer, though. Oh, okay. Doesn't help us. We have, law- we have listeners who are lawyers. 
if it, uh, well, hopefully, I'll... instead of tattling on me about something, they will have <laughs> they, they will they will come forward and tell us about this. All right, before we get to fuck that guy for the week, I'm not kidding when I say this, Jay. This is yes. a serious thing I'm about to say. Okay. Uh oh. I am seriously considering getting rims and tinting for my car. Good God. How about when you just just get the gold fronts also? (laughs) Just do the whole thing. Now listen. Now listen. You can listen listen to your chopper ride ride around the mean streets. streets. Rural Virginia (laughs) with your gold fronts, your rims. Yeah. Hey, get a do-rags, eh? Go just do the whole nine yards. Do the whole nine yards. Jesus. No, hey. listen. Listen to me. Listen to they me. They spit it. They spit it. They spit it. <laughs> I, I didn't say I was getting spinners. <laughs> I didn't say I was getting spinners. I just said rims. Here's the deal. Okay. All right. Hyundai Genesis 2011. It's got 170,000 miles on it. It's a V8. Ooh. It is a glorious rocket sled. It's paid off. It still Ooh. rides fantastic. I'd trade it in for a new Genesis, but I've checked the blue book on this, and with 170,000 miles and with some minor cosmetic damage, yes to the rims and yes to the body, the rear right quarter panel, I think the blue book on it is eight grand. And when I say, oh, it's unbelievable how it's worth nothing in resale, because who wants to buy a 180,000-mile car, Right. Very good point. Very good point. So I sit in the car and I look around the interior and I'm like, this is all flawless in here. It's perfect. I mean, my chair where my fat ass has sat for 170,000 miles is a bit worn in. But other than that, everything else is perfect. It rides like a dream. I'm like, why would I get rid of this? But I don't like looking at the rims that have scratches on them and the paint's peeling and they look like shit. And so I'm thinking maybe I'll invest in some new rims. Not spinners, Jay. New rims. And if I'm going to get new rims, what about classy tinting? Which, by the way, the state of Virginia doesn't allow you to really dark it out too much. But just a little bit of tinting to kind of class it up and maybe get the dents fixed. What do you think? If you're not, if, as long as you're not getting spinners, I would have really okay. been funny for that. But or new chrome. Rims make not any, chrome either. Not chrome New either. rims make any, any sled look nice. Okay. And then so I can have ahead. it. Then if I get it fixed up, if I put a couple thousand dollars into it, it'll be... A great car for another hundred thousand miles, another four years. Easily. You can hand hand it down to one of the girls. <laughs> do you think? Do you think my sixteen year old wants to ride around in a pimped out, rimmed out, tinted out Hyundai Genesis? Well, when she finds out you can get like eight people in there and can be the party mobile, <laughs> she won't love it. All right, you ready for FTG? Here we go. I'll play the theme and I'll cue you in when you are ready. Here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who is your FTG for the week? My uh, my FTG is my two neighbors on the right and to the left of me, scolding me because I put little, let's not say little, I put no effort into Christmas lights this year. I just put up the spotlight with Santa's head bouncing backward and forth, and that was it. And they literally scolded me because they were like, "They were like, dude, you could have did something." Because they have life. One guy has a countdown. He's got a song. And wow. I'm like, sorry, I'm I'm not doing all that. I'm sorry. A I countdown put, as, clock. Yeah, a countdown clock. Yes, which by the way is really annoying at about right now. If, if, you, if you if you came up to the house and you listen, it's. But I'm like, don't scold me on what I should do for my house for Christmas. Well, I have, I have, I did the bare, I did the bare minimum. So one light in the ground, the Santa light that bounces back and forth. It's sort of like the star shower light, you know, where you just kind of bask, you soak your house in a fake light show. That's what I got. That's okay. It. All right. Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, and by the way, fuck your neighbors. It's your house. Your lights. Do as little as you want or as much as you want, okay? They literally made fun of me for like a half hour on Saturday. Before I had you on, I told the story of a woman who put three dragons, inflatable dragons, in her yard for Christmas. And her neighbor said, this is a satanic, demonic display. I want you to remove it. This is not in the spirit of the holiday. 
Oh, shoot it down. That lady gets the finger. <laughs> that's that's when you Google search large inflatable middle finger. Yes, Amazon.com. Deliver, and please. Put, yeah, and put it on her porch. Yes. All right. My F, if it makes you feel any better, my outdoor lights are still not up yet. We are T-minus one week from Christmas. I am Ooh. dubbing my family the family that gets around to Christmas. <laughs> That's what it's we are now. It's not going nowadays. up. It's not unless you go do it Saturday. It's supposed to rain on Saturday. No, I'm putting it up tomorrow. Putting it up today, okay. as a matter of fact. But people listening to this podcast right now, the lights are going up. I swear to God. Okay, my F that guy goes to one Marcus Peters of the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of reasons you could make him the FTG of the week, but there is a viral video clip in which he threatened a fan by coming over from the bench, walking halfway up the stairs leading to the Coliseum stands. And then started talking a whole bunch of mess to this guy. Hey, tough guy, if you really did venture in one on ten in the stands, you would not make it out, okay? So stop pretending you're like a tough guy and just realize the fact you make millions of dollars to play football. Take a little bit of shit every now and then. But Marcus Peters is a volatile character, as they yes, like he to is. Say. A, he, yes, he's been, he's he's a little angry, as we like to say. Yeah. All right, Jay. I'm glad you got your shopping done. Glad your Steelers won. Glad you saw the last two minutes. Uh, sorry that your neighbor's being such an asshole. Uh, next Tuesday is Christmas, and I'm hoping to get off from the podcast on Christmas. So, so that's okay with me. That's fine with me. Okay, good. Well, uh, have yourself, as always, Jay, a merry little Christmas. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for doing this for free. I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk uh, in the new year. Thank you, Zave. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Fellas, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even eSports if you want, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code ZABE and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's end on this today. I did go back and watch the Packer game against the Bears, and holy shit, awful tackling. And Aaron Rodgers, why is he missing open receivers? He normally hits. Two good questions. I don't have any great answers right now, but I'm sure the Packers are going to start digging into both of those once the season ends. Here's a story. Here's a comment. I I clipped and saved a comment from a story about the Packers and what's wrong and everything else, which I thought was a great comment. And this is from somebody. I don't know who it is, so I can't give him credit. The commenter writes, another reason why Joe Philbin cannot be retained is because of the prior relationship thing. We need people from the outside to come in and to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with number 12 and explain what he, Aaron Rodgers, needs to do to be the guy he was versus the guy he is now. Mike McCarthy writes this commenter, did exactly that with Favre in one of his very best coaching moves. I... I agree 1,000%. People that think I'm just a a mindless McCarthy basher, I remember that when he came in and said, you can't fucking throw balls like that. I'll get fired. And it was a shock to the system because Favre was doing whatever he wanted at the time. According to this commenter, he told Favre he was out of shape and the game prep was terrible. Favre got in much better shape and suddenly became an expert at seeing the blitz and finding the open guy, and the remaining years of his career were very good. Number 12 right now is relying on athletic skills that may have eroded just a hair due to the impact of injuries coupled with age. 
Rodgers likely needs to get back to working on QB fundamentals that were for so long something that mortals needed to do but not him. Whatever needs to happen, this message needs to be direct and likely not in a manner that worries about Rodgers' precious feelings. Joe Philbin, not that guy. Not with his long-standing relationship to Aaron Rodgers, he will never deliver the message in the way that will actually be heard. 100%. I agree 100%. And that does remind me of really McCarthy's best move, and it's what led to his Super Bowl championship and his long tenure. Even though, God, thank God he's gone now because he went stale. But still, back then, that was the key. More to come on this story, no doubt. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, like, tell a couple friends. Get the ZabeCast app. Subscribe to the premium edition, zabe.com slash premium. Podcasts are the future. They're like Netflix for your ears. Email me with topics and suggestions, zabe at yahoo.com. Now, if you don't mind, I need to go shopping for some sweet 22-inch chrome spinners. And we will see you next time. <laughs>